0: Hey there, and welcome to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you joined me today. This podcast is for neurodivergence by a neurodivergent. I'm an ADHD coach with ADHD and ASD, and I am here to help. So let's spend some time together now and maybe learn a few things. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the holidays when you have neurodiversity. But first, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Really appreciate it and it helps to boost the podcast, which just continues to raise awareness for different neurodivergent conditions. Also, be sure to check out the ADHDLady.org for all the upcoming classes and webinars that will be starting in the new year. You can also find that information on all of the social media platforms that the ADHD lady has like TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. All right, now let's dive into the show. So I've talked about the holidays in previous episodes, but I really want to focus on the stress, but also the joy that can come for different neurodivergent people through the holiday season. See, ADHDers, as always, we're all or nothing people. So the ADHDers in my life either absolutely love Christmas, it is their favorite holiday, they go bonkers for it, or they don't. And the same goes for other holidays around this time of year, like Hanukkah, like New Year's. You either really love these holidays or you don't. Now, because of what I celebrate, I will be focusing more on Christmas, but that doesn't mean that the things that I'm going to be suggesting as tips to help you get through the holidays cannot be applied to other holidays that may be celebrated around this time, like Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I talk about what I know. And maybe if one day my planning and organizing for my podcast really, really steps up a notch, I can have people who know better about those other holidays uh, as guests on the show maybe next December. So if you celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa and would be interested in talking about the strategies that help you get through those holidays, shoot me an email, theadhdlady at gmail.com. I'd love to talk about doing an interview. And little side note, speaking of interviews, I am going to be taking on quite a few new guests in the new year. I'm very much looking forward to changing that up a little bit. I've done a few interviews over the past year, but really looking at expanding that a bit more so that I can put out more episodes each month. But back to the topic at hand, surviving the holidays when you are neurodivergent. So starting with the idea of Christmas, we will talk about New Year's as well at the end here, but with Christmas... One big thing is everyone celebrates Christmas a little bit differently. In my family, Christmas is really the only time of the year that gifts are given. Um, You know, they'll do birthdays and my mom makes little Easter baskets for us still, even as adults, which is very cute. But we aren't really the kind of family that, oh, I saw this thing and thought about you. Uh, growing up, it was always, oh, I saw this thing, I'll hold on to it for several months, (laughs) and then I'll give it to you at Christmas. So that has really changed my association with gift giving as an adult. Um, It's very interesting because with my own rigid thinking, you know, because of that ASD piece, um, I really struggled with doing that kind of gift giving just unprompted throughout the year. You know, I had no problem giving gifts for birthdays. um, But Giving gifts that are just, hey, I saw this thing and thought of you, is not something I've ever really been accustomed to. Um, But in my family, you know, Christmas is a big deal. That is the time of year that we play catch up and we show all of the thoughts that went in throughout the year. Uh, So there are years where I've started collecting Christmas gifts all the way back in the summer. And there are years where... You know, I didn't start until about Black Friday, but because this holiday is so all-encompassing of how we show that kind of gift-giving affection, um, I never really wait till the last minute because I've never really been in a situation where I could So parts of my own systems and experience may be different because of that reason. Because I can guarantee you that my partner had a very different experience with Christmas growing up. Um, And he is that person who is out in the stores on Christmas Eve getting those last minute items year after year. I am very impressed this year. He has actually done like a good portion of his Christmas shopping and we're at the second week of December here, friends. So yeah, little, little applause to boyfriend. (laughs) But if you are listening to this, it is about 10 days till Christmas. So if you have not started, here are going to be some tips to help you with getting yourself situated and starting today. Number one, I would love to say that this is just, oh, make a list. But let's be honest, there are people in our lives that we can sit and stare at a piece of paper until we are blue in the face and we will never be able to think of a gift to give them. This is where I actually, as much as I hate Amazon, I love Amazon, you know? Uh, So this is actually where their gift guides on their homepage can be really helpful um, because even if I don't buy things from there directly, It will give me an idea of, you know, some things that I could get for different people in my life. And then I can go into some brick and mortar stores. I really love supporting the one, uh, you know, we have a main street. I live in the Christmas city in Bethlehem. I love going into the brick and mortar stores down there and finding stuff because it's actual small businesses. It's really nice to be able to make purchases there. And they also do this really nice Christmas village with a lot of handmade artisan gifts um, at very reasonable price points too for many of them. Um, So that's a really nice way of me kind of taking that big corporate piece and translating it. But here's the thing, friends. The second translation piece is not super ADHD friendly. So you know what is? Amazon. It really is. They've got two-day shipping to most places, especially if you're a Prime member. If you go and you find stuff on that holiday gift guide, let's be real. We're about 10 days until Christmas. Are you going to have the opportunity or the task initiation to get yourself to the little mom-and-pop stores in your area? Or is it easier to just push add to cart? You got to know yourself, friends, and that's a very important factor in your holiday planning. Know you. It's great to have this lovely Pinterest-based idea of what you want your Christmas to look like, but as I've said over and over and over again, screw that. (laughs) It's got to work for you. It's very difficult to maintain that Pinterest picturesque Christmas picture. I've tried it. It's near impossible unless you are like me and you absolutely freaking love Christmas and you're so motivated to like put all the things up and to buy all the things and to wrap them all fancy. Like if that's fun to you, if that's interesting and novel to your brain, you will have a much easier time. But if you are a person who is only doing those things out of obligation from others, you are going to repeatedly struggle. So... How can we meet ourselves where we're at if you're not the the Christmas-loving-explosion-of-Christmas-all-over-the-place kind of person like me? Number one, it is totally okay for you to buy gift cards. That's fine. Because thinking and planning and prioritizing about what kind of gifts to get people, especially those people that are just so hard to buy gifts for, yeah, that's a lot of work, friends. So outsource it. Let them pick what they want. But here's another great suggestion. Now this year might be a little tough to implement this this last minute. However, you still have 10 days. It's possible. um, Asking people for their Amazon wish lists. And if they don't have one, then asking them to throw a few things on there. Because you know what? It's really difficult when you have to think about things for the person who has everything. My father, for instance, if there is something that he wants, he goes out and gets it himself. He is the hardest person to buy for. In fact, this was a conversation at family dinner this past weekend about how he is so difficult to buy anything for. But also he's like super picky on things. So there have been times where I've picked out something that I thought was like a really funny gift or was really thoughtful or I made it by hand. And he is the biggest critic. And I say that in a very loving way. But like he also is very aware of this. Like it was a conversation that we had with him. (laughs) And people like that do exist. So giving him a gift card... He's very happy with that because then he can go and continue to buy the things that he wants to buy. Now, the thing that has stopped me personally in the past from just giving the gift card is my budget. Um, So especially when I am more financially constrained, I really am not a big fan of giving gift cards because then it puts a numerical value out there of like, this is what I can afford to put towards you right now. And let's face it, if you're working a minimum wage job, you know, if you're spending even $30 on a gift card, that's two hours of work. That is money that can go towards feeding yourself and bills. And, you know, that can be really hard for some of us to put out there. So in those circumstances, those are the years where I really did try to start as early as possible. And again, probably not going to be super helpful this year but I um, would shop the clearance rack at the end of Christmas a few times um, because then if I saw like really cute ornaments or you know things that I knew different family members would like then I could get it at a rate that was super affordable but it wasn't breaking my bank. Now keep in mind that does require that extra pre-planning so We are coming close to when those 50 and 70% off sales are going to (laughs) begin. So you know what? Even if you didn't get an opportunity to implement that pre-planning last year, that doesn't mean that it can't begin this year. But something else that can be very challenging when it comes to gift giving for ADHDers is remembering that you even bought it especially if you are buying it this far in advance. And that's why, regardless of if you're purchasing it a year in advance or a couple weeks in advance, it's really important that we try to find a space, if we can, where we can create that visibility for ourselves. Because out of sight really is out of mind when you have ADHD and autism as well. In fact, it has been found that with autistic people, actual object permanence, where like they genuinely forget that the item even existed in the first place, can happen. So with ADHD, it's not typically true object permanence. It's we know that it's there. We just, it wasn't in the forefront of our mind, and we live in the now. Um, So if it's not involved in our now, it's going to be really hard for us to remember that it exists right now. Um, But we know that it lives somewhere, they have found for uh, some autistic people, it is more like true object permanence. When I attended the autism Symposium back in the spring, one of the examples given was about a girl who had wanted to go to a dance in the middle of winter and um she wanted to go barefoot and her mom was like, "No, you can't you can't go barefoot it there's snow outside. You can't do that and The girl just couldn't understand why her mom wouldn't let her go barefoot to this this dance. And her mom was like, no, no, you have to wear shoes. You don't have to wear the shoes that we got you, but like you could wear sneakers, something else. The thing that the girl was having a hard time with communicating to her mother was that the reason she wanted to go barefoot was because she was worried if she put her shoes on that her toenails would go away. She had just given herself a really nice pedicure and she wanted to be able to see her painted toes. Now, other solution to this would be like peep toe shoes, (laughs) you know, open toed sandals, things like that, where you can still see the pedicure. But part of it was the very rigid and black and white thinking that happens with autism. And the other piece was that this girl genuinely believed that her toenails, the painted part of her toenails would go away if they went into shoes so if we're buying Christmas gifts super in advance or like I said even a few weeks out if we can create some sort of visibility it's going to be really helpful so for me personally I actually use uh, I have a walk-in closet it's funny because it is one of only two closets in our entire home um it's honestly more of a storage room but there's some clothing racks in there and that's how I store my clothes um So that's where all of our Christmas stuff is. All of the presents that I have purchased starting way back a few months ago have been piling in this space. Now, the system that I use actually helps a lot um, because it's not as open as a previous system that I used to have. So in the apartment I used to live in and then the home that I had lived in uh, before that as well, both of them had these built-in shelves. And I was actually able to utilize these built-in shelves in these storage rooms as a place to put gifts. Um, So I had a shelf dedicated to my family. I had a shelf dedicated to other people's families. I had a shelf dedicated to specific friends. Um, You know, and if they had any kids, they would go on that shelf too. Not the kids, the things for them. (laughs) Um, So... These shelves were really handy in me being able to see year round what I had already purchased um, because it created that visibility. Uh, so actually the years that I lived in the home, I had like full size, a full size bookshelf to do this with. And um, that was the year that I had started the earliest because already starting right after Christmas, I was able to buy some really nice ornaments and see them on the shelf and I knew the value of the pieces that I was buying, so it helped me to stick to a budget. Um, where you know people thought that I was really putting a lot more financially into things, and as what as much as I wish that that weren't a factor, um, for some people it is. So knowing the people in your life, you know, is also going to be helpful in determining who you buy gifts for. Now, if the person is just downright mean, if you don't spend enough money, then that's probably not a person that you should have in your life. Um, but the thing that we have to remember is that if you are neurodivergent, there's a good chance other family members of yours are also going to be neurodivergent. And as much as they may not mean this piece maliciously, um... A lot of autistic people, and some ADHDers too, tend to keep score as part of their black and white, all or nothing thought patterns. And they may, like I said, not be doing it with any kind of malicious intent. Um, For some of us, it's just something our brain does. And I think a good example of this, while they don't have a perfect picture of autism, um... There is an episode of The Big Bang Theory where Sheldon Cooper, um, you know, the stereotypical white male who is autistic, um, (laughs) where Sheldon hears from Penny that she's buying him a Christmas gift. And um, this makes him nervous because he wants to give a gift of equal value in return. And he's very stressed out about what gift to purchase and decides that he's going to get her like a little gift basket with different bath and body products. Um, So he goes to the store and there's a whole bunch of different options, a whole bunch of different price points for all these different baskets. You know, you can get one for like $5, $10, but then he can get one that's like $200 and is this enormous gift basket part of his struggle then is determining like, well, I don't even know what she's giving me. So how do I choose which gift? Aha, I've got a clever idea. I will buy multiples of these baskets, and I will just return whichever ones I do not give her, because then I can excuse myself for a bit of digestive issues before I give her her gift in return from whatever it is that she gives me. Well, the funny turn in all of this is that she gives him something that he finds to be incredibly valuable and he gives her every single gift basket that he had purchased. He doesn't return a single one. Um, But this is something that a lot of autistic people do. Like I said, not with malicious intent. It's just something logically that our brain clicks over and goes, okay, so this is what we're gonna get. Um, And this is part of the reason why You know, my partner now and previous partners that I've had too, um, I've asked to set a budget with because I don't want to feel guilty for not giving enough because very much like Sheldon, that has occurred before um, where I felt like yet again, I didn't do enough. Um, So instead of giving a hundred gift baskets, okay, our budget is a hundred dollars and that's it whatever you get for $100. Now, if you're super clever and do all the sales and you wind up getting a whole bunch of stuff for $100, whatever, sure, that was you being clever. Um, But at least I know then that there's space for me to not feel guilty for not performing enough within the relationship. Um, And now the last two years I have gone over budget with my partner because I bought him a video game and the video game I gave to him early. And I totally forgot that that was part of his gift. So, uh, I was like, you get lucky this year again, because I forgot that I gave you that early and it wasn't in my visibility. So totally out of sight, out of mind, forgot that that was part of the whole process already. Um, So yeah, so he got lucky, (laughs) but at the same time, because I went over budget, I do not expect him to do so because we set those rules and limits and that was really helpful for both of us. Um, But yeah, just a a funny little side note there. So having that visibility can help a lot. Um, I don't have those shelves anymore. What I do have are boxes. So I keep a box for each household. Um, and a box for each of uh, my stepkids. And all of the gifts that I collect will go in that box. The way that I help myself with visibility there is I keep post-it notes for each person on the box. As I add gifts to it, I write down on the post-it note, whatever it is that I'm adding to the box. I also write how much I spent on each item so that I can stay within my budget. So like I said, a lot of pre-planning can go into this. um, But It really does, that prep work helps me to be the most successful that I can be in not going drastically over budget because I actually don't have credit cards. Everything I buy is an out-of-pocket expense, um, so it is really important for me to stick to a budget. Um, And, you know, things like the cash system can also be really helpful if you're trying to stick to a budget through the holidays. You have a certain amount of cash, and that is the amount of cash that you get to use. Um, so the envelope system is a way of kind of shifting that around a little bit, um, where this person gets $25 in their envelope and that person gets $50 in their envelope and that person gets a hundred in their envelope, however you want to break it down. Um, I do keep friends around the same price point. Um, family is a little bit more, um, and then, uh, kids and my partner, which are my like Immediate family bubble uh, in my household are um, a little bit more than that. So, that budgeting system has worked well for me for the last few years. Um, and like I said, I've never really had someone who's gotten angry that I haven't spent enough on them. It's more of the reverse where I feel guilty um, personally if I feel like I haven't done enough for them. Um, because, as I said, I was not raised to show affection through gifts throughout the rest of the year. Um, it's something I am actually trying to do now where if I do see like a cute pair of earrings, I'll pick them up for a friend. Um, but I'm trying. <laughs> doesn't mean I've been super successful with that yet. All right. And I don't know if you guys can tell, I don't have a script for this episode, so I'm a little all over the place, letting the ADHD kind of run wild, but, uh, That's all right. We're getting a lot of information out here. Um, I do want to spend a few minutes talking about New Year's at the end here. Um, I hope to be able to put out a New Year's episode. I actually had someone reach out about maybe doing an interview for New Year's. Um, But I don't know if that will be right before New Year's or after. Um, So let's wrap up the gift giving and get into New Year's a little bit. So this will be a slightly longer episode than I normally do. All right. So we have talked about strategies for shopping, how to store your gifts, how to make things visible, how to remember them, how to keep things within a budget. um, And also that, hey, guys, a reminder, it's like 10 days till Christmas. You should probably start shopping if you haven't already. No seriously. Like you're, you're listening, you're listening right now. You, that's good. You keep doing that, and you don't even have to go out to the store. Just like do a quick little Google search, you know, just like a little, a little search. Hmm. hmm? All right. Um, let's talk about the stress element of Christmas real quick first, uh, and then we'll dive into the whole New Year's piece here. Christmas can be very stressful. You know, there are all of these expectations, and every family has a different set of expectations, different amounts of time that they really want you to be spending with them. Um, And often those expectations are coming from a genuine place that, you know, we really do want you to be here for this day, this day, and this day because we want to spend it together. They may not always be communicated that way. (laughs) But at the end of the day, as I have said in episode after episode, you have to take care of you. You are allowed to skip Christmas. You are allowed to say no. You are allowed to break traditions. If these things cause you more stress and therefore more harm than good, they cause more harm than good, then It is time to reevaluate the way in which you are spending your holiday. If putting up a ton of decorations is not something you have the executive functioning for, then don't do it. I mean, I have this bigger uh, fake Christmas tree that I had in my office last year. It's pretty large. It's hard to fit into my office in a comfortable way Um, if I put it up. It takes up an area where I can no longer walk through. Um, So instead of me going overboard and putting up this massive tree this year, I got a five dollar one at Five Below. It's a little four-foot tree. I threw on a little 200 strand of multicolored lights. It's great. I used about half of the ornaments that I normally do because it's about half the size. And it works out perfectly. And actually, it's small enough that I can keep it right behind my desk. So you can, like, see it in the back of my Zoom calls. It's so nice. I really enjoy it. This was a much better example of meeting myself where I was at. Would I have loved the big tree? Sure. It was just unrealistic. Now, normally, I go all out with my Christmas decorations. But that's when I start decorating around Thanksgiving. (laughs) This year, uh, right after Thanksgiving, my partner got very sick. Uh, not COVID, thankfully. Took multiple tests. Um, but it was, you know, he was sick enough that him going and getting the Christmas box out of the basement for me was proving to be rather challenging. Um, he did not have the executive functioning for that. <laughs> um, nor did he have, like, the physical capability of doing so. Um But let's be honest, neither do I. Uh, The basement is not a place I like to go. It is just, nope, not not my favorite place to be. Our house here has like a very traditional old dusty spidery basement. (laughs) Not a fan. Um, So, and also we have like the tiniest stairwell in the world and I'm weak enough to begin with. But then like you throw in how awkward the space is and like my lack of strength, me bringing things up is very challenging. So my partner is very helpful there. Uh, But because he was unable to perform the help that he typically does around that time of year, I was unable to get my Christmas decorations up when I normally do. We're now a couple weeks into December and I'm not putting them up because sure, do I mind keeping them up through Valentine's Day? No, I love it. I have no problem. I would keep Christmas decorations up all year long if I didn't like changing my decorations so much. (laughs) Um, But it's just, I I don't have the executive functioning to do so. I am finally coming out of a period of burnout. The summer, as I've expressed before, was very challenging and overwhelming. Um, And we're finally getting back to normal routines. I'm finally getting that feeling of, oh, okay, I've got this. My task initiation is renormalizing. If I go and put something extra like that on my plate, it's just extra for the sake of being extra. It's no longer something I want to do. And me putting all those extra Christmas decorations up would be me just serving other people's expectations. I put up the ones that were necessary to put up Our stockings are hung up. I have a couple of cute little pieces out and about around the the living room. And I have the decorations in my office done. Those have been up since Thanksgiving that I was super excited to put up. Um, But beyond that, as we've talked about before, we've got to know our why. And if that should is coming from someone else, the why will not be strong enough for us to do it. And so me decorating more is not a should coming from me. It might be coming from like a past version of myself, but that's not who I am now. Um, So yeah, there is a little voice that occasionally pops in and says, well, you really should put up the rest of your Christmas decorations. Like that would be really nice for Christmas morning. Sure, it absolutely would be. But my tree is up. It's very nicely decorated. Uh... Holden's decorations are out for Christmas. Um, For those of you that are new here, that's my son. He he passed away. He was stillborn almost five years ago now. And uh, that actually brings us to the next thing I wanted to talk about. For some people, the holidays are extra difficult because of grief. Now, we have talked about grief and ADHD on here before. Um, Grief can be really challenging. It's almost like you live it over. Uh, Because of that out of sight, out of mind piece, right? We forget for a little bit that the person that we love isn't here. And then we remember. And then it all hurts again. And for many people, the holidays bring on this kind of pain. They bring up this trauma of loss. And the big emotions that come with grief. Christmas after my son died, I did not celebrate Christmas the way that I have every other year of my life. And the following Christmas was different still. I think this is the first year that I have celebrated Christmas in the way that I really want to celebrate Christmas. Um, And that's, you know, me dressing in red and green every single day starting December 1st. Um, even to like the extent of my eye makeup being variations of red and green most days. <laughs> um, my loungewear is a variety of Christmas T-shirts and sweatshirts through this month. Um, my backpack is a Buddy the Elf Loungefly backpack that I carry around with me, um, and these things really make me happy. These things bring out the joy of what I really love about the holiday. It's the fun, heart-filled, festive side of Christmas. I'm not a super religious person. Um, honestly, that's a, a whole different conversation that we could have another day. I'm like learning about a bunch of religions right now. It's very interesting. Um But, you know, we don't talk about religion and politics, right? (laughs) Um, Although, you know, disabled rights matter. Okay. Just making that political statement very clear. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I am celebrating Christmas in a way that feels good to me. I did the amount of decorating that feels good to me. I did what I had the capacity for. I am enjoying the parts of Christmas that... I love. I have gone to the Christmas village in my town. Um, I've gone to Chris Kendall Mart, which is like a, a little market of a whole bunch of vendors um, that you're selling baked goods and handmade goods and all kinds of stuff. And it's just lovely. Um, we are going to the Christmas Vacation Quotathon next week. Uh, boyfriend and I are going to be going ice skating this weekend. This is how I enjoy spending the holidays, indulging in the parts of Christmas that make me happy because there are parts of Christmas that make me very sad. 12-13, that date, is the day that um, my first baby should have been born. Um, I had an early miscarriage. On her due date... um, is when I announced my pregnancy with my son Holden, who then was stillborn in February. Um, So there is a lot of grief that is associated with the holiday season still for me. Memories pop up of me in front of the Christmas tree with my little bump. Um, You know, the baby's first Christmas ornaments when i see those in stores it's very hard for me to not cry so the other part of me celebrating christmas for me this year is also allowing myself to grieve when i need to grieve yesterday i gave myself the space that i needed to to have some time to just be sad and that's okay Because life is not all black and white and all or nothing. There are shades of gray. There are things in between. And there are ways that we can put the good and the bad together and make a beautiful life for ourselves. So that is my motto (laughs) kind of going through this holiday season. Do what you need to do. And if that means cry, go cry. If that means jump up and down like Buddy the Elf. Hi, what's your favorite color? (laughs) And if you really do genuinely want to be around people who may sometimes cause you stress, but you still love them at the end of the day, um, 478 breathing, my friends. (laughs) Uh, I have used that one so many times. Um, When the social anxiety is creeping in because there's new people, at the gathering that you go to at your best friend's house or there's, you know, a little bit of an argument starting at the family dinner table um, or your partner is creating pure chaos around your whole space um, and you're struggling with it because there's just like little bits of wrapping paper everywhere. <laughs> In for four, hold for seven, out for eight. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's my my favorite. No one knows that I am trying to not blow up and explode or cry hysterically right now. Breath. Alrighty, and now let's transition into New Year's. So I'm not gonna go crazy talking about New Year's. As I said, this is already gonna be a longer episode than I typically do. Um, but I do want to give some space to talk about a few little things. Um, as I said, I really do want to uh, do a New Year's episode, but. I'm also just, like, getting back into all of my routines, finally on the other side of that burnout. So um, I expect that to be more consistent in the new year. I'm also, as part of what I need to do for me for the holiday, um, I'm giving myself the space to not put a ton of extra work on my plate so they don't re-burnout. So, yeah, as far as New Year's goes... uh, Let me paint a picture for you. The ADHD way of approaching the new year. December 31st. You're sitting and you're thinking about all the things that you didn't do this year. But you know what? It's about to be a new year, friends. So this means I can buy that planner that I just saw online. Yeah, that that one that was like a $50 investment. But it's going to fix my my time management. So, so going to fix that. Oh, and they did have that Peloton bike on TV too. I really should exercise more, huh? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to get a planner. I'm going to reorganize my life. Ooh, organizing. Uh, the Home Edit, they have that whole new brand of stuff. I should buy some of their stuff. Okay. So I'm going to reorganize my life, my time management. I'm going to organize the whole house again. And, right, and I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out every day. You know what? I don't work out at all right now, so I should start by working out every single day. And if I'm working out every day, then also I should probably start eating, like, really healthy, really make it worth it. And if I'm eating healthy, I guess I should look into some supplements to start taking. Oh, I guess that means I need to see my doctor. I haven't seen my doctor in a long time. Oof. I feel a pit in my stomach feel really guilty that I haven't seen my doctor Ooh, or is it shame oh yeah no I'm a piece of crap why did I not see my doctor yet uh, yeah I don't think I'm gonna be able to do any of this does any of that ring a bell my friends seriously don't stress about it if it does um this is really normal and it's also part of how society makes us think about this time of year you know oh it's a new year brand new you whole new start guys You can change everything about yourself because what you are is not good enough, right? That's like what they cram down our throats and that's such a shitty message. Like, what are we saying to people by saying that? And also, it's just a whole bunch of buy this thing and it will fix your life. I can guarantee you there are very few things that you can just buy that will change your entire life. Like, outside of therapy and like ADHD coaching. (laughs) Um, there are so many people who like are selling, like join this group. This is I'm, I'm a business coach. I'm a this coach. I'm a that coach. Um, I have been very transparent on my podcast. That, that is not the kind of coach I am. I'm not. Um, and hey, that's probably the reason why those people are making like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm not. Um, <laughs> but I don't believe in selling lies. I just don't. Um, I know that coaching is helpful. I have many graduates who can tell you how helpful it is. Um, I know that if you work the tools that I I help you with, that they work. Um, But it's not a snap your fingers and all of a sudden everything is magically repaired. The thing that we have to recognize with any of our goals coming up into the new year is you need to start where you are. If where you are is, I can't feed myself three meals a day consistently, and I can't show up on time for work every single day, and I struggle with how exhausted I am at the end of my work day and just sit on the couch, then magically overnight changing your diet, starting a brand new exercise routine, and then sticking to those things in addition to all of a sudden having a magic planner and like a bunch of nuclear containers. I'm so sorry, friends. It's not going to make the change in your life. And I've been there. I've thought that exact same thing. I have a planning and organizing unit. And as I teach this unit, One of the things that I show to all of my clients, whether it's individually going through the course, um, going through the course as the webinar format, or I'm currently working through it with my small group, um, and we'll be doing that again in the spring, excuse me, Um, I show them this set of summer goals that I created for myself in the summer of 2019, right before my ADHD diagnosis. The very, very funny thing about this list of summer goals is there's 10 things on there. And there were 10 things I wanted to start doing basically every single day. And within those 10 things, at least three of them had an additional four subcategories. So it was stuff like, like, read a chapter a day. Okay. At this point, I was reading nothing. No things. Um but also read a chapter of a day. Blah, read a chapter a day. Why? What's the point? Why am I doing this? What's my reasoning? What's my motivation? Oh, I don't have that listed. That's not on the list. It was a should. Now I now know that that show was actually coming from me. I really love reading. Um, It was a phenomenal escape for me when I was younger. Um, There are several Harry Potter books that I read from start to finish in a single day. Uh, Order of the Phoenix being one of them. Um, And that's one of the longest ones. Like, I... Love reading. I am hyperlexic. Uh, For those of you that don't know this, fun fact, hyperlexia uh, is also really common with autism. Um, So we talk about dyslexia, but it's the opposite side where um, you have a really high capability of reading and speaking. Language is... um, a really strong point for me. Uh, it's also one of the reasons why, as a special superpower for my masking, <laughs> um, I often know the right things to say if I'm very aware of the context of things. It's part of why I interview so well, because I know what employers want to hear. Um, but it's totally masking, uh, and I really try not to do that anymore. I try to just say what I want to say. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, Uh, Here, let's talk about another goal. Watch less TV. Well, that's vague as heck. What does that mean? Like one less show a day? 10 minutes less? Three hours less? Hmm. That's not a really helpful parameter. Take a break from my phone. Okay, same thing. Like, not specific at all. Work out five to seven days a week and eat healthy. Are we seeing a trend here? These goals are big, massive goals that were completely changing the way that I was functioning in my day-to-day life, and they were completely unspecific. They had no helpful parameters. They did not chalk through the reason why I should even be bothering to do that thing. Completely unhelpful. (laughs) So how long do you think I did the summer goals of 2019, folks? One day. One day. I'm just going to give you the answer. It was one day. I did this for a day. If you are making New Year's resolutions, do not make them like my goals. Um, If I can get that New Year's episode out, we will talk about how to make realistic goals. Um, But in short, don't make 20 New Year's resolutions. Start with one thing. So the way that I started doing New Year's goals... um, about two years ago, was I focused on one thing that I wanted for the whole year. Um, So last year, the theme was growth. I wanted to grow in my relationships, um, in my knowledge, in my business, in my socials, um, all the things I wanted to see growth in. And what I did was every single month, I chose a smaller goal that was going to help me see growth in different aspects of my life. Starting with month one, I decided to cut down to just one hour of TV a day. Now, at the time, um, with how my schedule had been, um, as well as my partner's schedule, this actually wasn't a super unrealistic goal. Um, Now, somehow, we've gotten to watching more TV. Um, He wasn't really a big TV watcher before, so it is actually something that I want to reapply to next year's theme Um, because the less time I spend on screens, the more time I have to engage in the hobbies that actually move me forward mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, TV serves its own purpose. Uh, It provides comfort. It Makes me feel happy with a lot of the shows that I watch. Um, But I just want to start being more intentional next year. Um, That's the word, intentional. Um, So I want to be more intentional with how I spend my time. And that means by doing a slow decrease in the amount of TV watched. Because as I said, we have increased more than where I was starting with January of last year. So an hour was really realistic for where I was last year. An hour now is less realistic. Um, But part of the way that I'm going to meet myself with cutting back down on that TV aspect is, you know, I may not be actually watching it, but it's okay to have TV on in the background when I'm doing other things. So my intent is to cut down much more with actually like sitting and just watching the screen. But I'm gonna allow myself to have that television on if I'm, you know, doing a, a puzzle book, if I'm um, doing an actual puzzle, if I'm doing embroidery. Like these are things that I tend to do down in our living room, and my partner and I engage in a lot of parallel play, and usually the TV is like that middle ground of he's playing on his computer, I'm doing some other sort of activity, and then like. Right now it's that seventy show. We're rewatching it because that ninety show is coming out soon, so that'll be on. And we're both listening to it, but we're not necessarily watching it. And you know something funny happens, and we'll talk about that moment together. So to say, oh, one hour, well, that's gonna cut into how we're spending time together. So that's not gonna meet us where we're at. It's not going to be realistic. It's not going to be achievable, and therefore. I will not be able to do it consistently. So the specific goal that I'm beginning with, with cutting that TV down so I can spend my time more intentionally for January is watch 30 minutes less a day. So for me to be able to actually be as accurate as possible with this, um, I've started timing out how much time I'm spending watching TV on an average day um, this week and then next week as well. We're going to exclude the holidays like the actual um, 23rd through 26th because um, that's kind of when we're, we're going to be celebrating with different family members. Uh, so I'm going to exclude those days but I'm going to collect some data for myself, you know, try to remember to to calculate how many episodes I went through and how much time was spent and get an average so that I can cut 30 minutes off of that. If I cut out a little bit more some days, cool, but I'm not forcing myself into more yet. My hope is that each month I can decrease by that like 30 minutes and one month it might be just an extra 15 off, you know, It's really, I'm leaving it to be a flexible thing because the idea of this New Year's resolution is not to harm me. It's not to make my life miserable. It's to make my life better. And many times our goal is to make our lives better with these New Year's resolutions. It really is, you know. Nobody wants to work out and lose weight because it's like a super fun thing to do. It can be if you're doing the right things. If you find something that you love, there are people that like are just so into running. I wish I was one of those people. (laughs) But actually the exercise I found that like I love is dancing. Um, And so part of my intentional time over the next year is going to be giving myself the space to engage in that hobby, to spend more time dancing. And whether that is continuing the random dancing that I already do, or having more dance parties in the middle of our kitchen, or continuing to go to the dance classes that I have been attending, that's part of that intentional way that I'm spending my time moving forward with this goal this year. All right, I have talked your ear off enough, friends. <laughs> um, like I said, I will see if I can squeeze in the space to maybe talk a little bit more about those New Year's resolutions or even have that, uh, that guest interview on. Um, but I, you know, we are like about that 10 days till Christmas, so it really is going to depend, friends. Um, I don't want to overcommit and, uh, you know, put myself in a situation where I'm disappointing anybody on here. Um, So that's why I kind of did this like bonus little bit in one. It's basically two episodes in one here. Um, But, you know, if I have the space, I will definitely throw an extra one in. Um, And then the new schedule for the podcast where I will be uh, posting biweekly does begin in January. Officially, Um, I have some things lined up. I have a plan in place. Uh, So that'll be really good. Um, And I'm sure for those of you that are loyal listeners, uh, that might be exciting. Um, I've gotten a lot of really great emails over the last few months, just very positive feedback about the podcast. Uh, So thank you guys. Um, I really appreciate those emails. And while I don't always get an opportunity to respond to every single one, uh, it does mean a lot when you reach out like that. Um, and also, the suggestions that come with those emails are also super helpful. Uh, it's helped me with kind of getting an idea of what else I want to talk about on the show moving forward, too. So thank you all so much for joining in for another week of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I wish you all a very happy holiday season and a happy new year if I don't get that other episode out. And don't forget to follow me on my socials as well as visiting theadhdlady.org. Over there, you can find info about upcoming classes, webinars, groups, and I have one-on-one coaching options available. So don't forget to sign up for a consult if coaching is something that will help you in the new year. Thanks again for joining, friends. This is Amanda signing out.